0: How can I get at least IELTS Band 7.0? Those of you who are planning to study in the UK or Australia are fully aware that without IELTS you will not get a visa nor an entry to university. While Band 5.0 is enough for the immigration office, the average score of 5.0 will not give you a place at a well-known university. In today's episode, I'm diving deep into the structure of the IELTS exam and the most common problems international students have while approaching the IELTS exam. I will also give away a couple of pieces of advice on how you can quickly improve your score and get at least band 7.0. Hi, my name is Kasia and this is Academic Reading and Writing Made Easy. Those of you who don't know me yet, I'm an academic writing coach with over 10 years of experience in teaching international students how to master academic reading and writing skills and with more than five years of experience in preparing students for IELTS academic exam. Before we get started, I have a question for you. Have you shared this podcast with a friend? Especially a friend who's just started university and definitely needs to learn how to write essays, reports, and other types of assignments. Just grab the link text it to them and send it to them on social media platforms, whatever you want to do, but I would greatly appreciate it. There are two IELTS tests available, IELTS Academic and IELTS General Training. In this episode, I'm discussing IELTS Academic as this test measures whether your level of English language proficiency is suitable for academic purposes. It reflects aspects of academic language and evaluates whether you're ready to begin studying However, you should also consider taking IELTS if you're planning to work in an English speaking country for a professional organization. You need to remember that those of you who understand the format of IELTS are at an advantage. Knowing how the test is constructed can not only save you time and energy, but also help you score more points. So, let's take a look at the format of the IELTS academic exam. First of all, you need to know that you'll take the first three parts of the test on the same day. You start with listening, then you'll do the reading part, and finally there's the writing test. Mind you, there are no breaks between those tests, thus you need to be well rested and focused your speaking test will be held on the same day unless you need the IELTS score for immigration purposes. Then on most occasions, you'll take it about seven days before or after the listening, reading and writing part, depending on local arrangements. Let's start with the listening test. The main purpose of the listening test is to check if you can understand main ideas and specific factual information, recognize opinions, attitudes, purposes of the speakers, and follow the argument. So you listen to four recordings of native speakers Mind you, that means you can be exposed to Irish, Australian, or any other native speaker accent. It does not have to be British English. There are in total 40 questions, and the IELTS listening test takes approximately 30 minutes. What's important is that you are allowed an extra 10 minutes to transfer your answers from the question booklet to your answer sheet. In my experience as an IELTS instructor, IELTS candidates tend to perform well on the listening part. The most challenging aspect of the listening test is that you listen to the recordings only once. It seems that part four is the most difficult, and this is where students lose most of the marks. Of course, IELTS candidates lose points in other parts as well, but mainly due to poor exam strategies. Yes, let me repeat that one more time. Poor exam strategies lead to losing points but I'll be speaking about it later. Let's move on to the reading part. You will need to read quickly and efficiently. Thus, you need to learn to manage your time. You'll be asked to read three different passages and respond to 40 questions in 60 minutes only. You've got only one hour to read all the reading texts and answer all 40 questions. The IELTS reading test is designed to assess a wide range of reading skills, including how well you read for the general idea, how well you read for um, just details, and how well you can follow uh, the argument. So, in my experience, the reading part is the most challenging, and this is where students lose a lot of points, and unfortunately, many do not complete some parts of the reading test. Again, reading strategies are crucial for succeeding in IELTS reading test. Remember, There is no additional time for the transfer of your questions. Believe me, you don't want to end up in a situation when an examiner approaches you and demands your answer sheet when you are just about to transfer your answers to the right paper. Unfortunately, I've witnessed such a situation and trust me, you wouldn't like to be in this position. This is why you need to learn to manage your time. Anyway, let's now move on to my favorite part of the IELTS exam, which is writing. The academic part of the IELTS exam is divided into two sections. Writing task one deals with the description and analysis of visual visual data, presented in the form of a diagram, chart, table, or a map, while task two takes a longer form of an essay, either discursive or argumentative. And now, I've got some extra special information that you will not hear from any other source. So writing task two, which is an essay, carries more weight than task one. And this is why you can score more points for doing well in writing task two. In fact, task two is worth twice as much as task one in the IELTS writing test. So the IELTS writing test takes 60 minutes. You spend 20 minutes on task one and 40 minutes on task two. You will need to manage your own time, so make sure you move on to task 2 after 20 minutes. You'll be asked to write at least 150 words for task 1 and at least 250 words for task 2. And finally, speaking. You'll talk to a certified examiner in the IELTS speaking test. The test is interactive and as close to a real-life situation as the test can get. A variety of accents may be used, just like in the listening part, and the test will be recorded. There are three parts in the speaking test. Part one, the examiner will introduce himself or herself and ask you to do exactly the same, to introduce yourself and confirm your identity. The the examiner will then ask you general questions on familiar topics, home, family, work, studies, your interests. This section should help you relax and talk naturally. In my experience, students perform rather well in this part, but they tend to leave a lot of marks on the table. But again, I'll talk about it later. Part two. In this part, the examiner will give you a task card, which asks you to talk about a particular topic, including points to include in your talk. You'll be given one minute to prepare and make notes. The exam requirement says that you should be speaking for one to two minutes on the topic. But from what I know, you should always try to reach two minutes. Otherwise, you cannot present a wide range of vocabulary and grammar structures, nor can you paraphrase yourself successfully. Remember that you will not be interrupted during this time, so it is important for you to keep talking. The examiner will then ask you one or two questions on the same topic. Part 3. The examiner will ask you further questions which are connected to the topic of part 2. These questions are designed to give you an opportunity to discuss more abstract issues and ideas and this part is where IELTS candidates tend to get really difficult and complicated topics. As a result they get stressed and unfortunately it is when they lose a lot of points. And now that you know the format of the IELTS academic test, it's time to answer the most important question. What makes IELTS a difficult exam and how to overcome those difficulties? However, before I answer this question, let me remind you that I love reading reviews from you. So don't hesitate and go to your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and leave your review there. I would be so very grateful to hear from you. Okay, so let's go back to the previous question what makes IELTS a difficult exam and how to overcome those difficulties. So to be able to follow what I say, you'll need my free worksheet that you can download from my website at www.oaoe.co.uk forward slash my dash podcast. It is called IELTS Strategies for Scoring Band 7-0. Okay, I hope that you found the worksheet. So, going back to the question, the main difficulty is the time constraint. When it comes to reading and writing, you have 60 minutes for 40 comprehension questions and 60 minutes for two writing tasks. Again, let me repeat that one more time. You've got 60 minutes for the reading part and 60 minutes for the writing part. As you can imagine, the more you read in English, the quicker you'll be able to deal with 40 questions. Same with writing, the more you write and More advanced your English is, the easier you'll find the writing test. But what can you do if your English is rather average and you're not a big fan of reading? My advice is be strategic. When it comes to reading and listening, you can apply exactly the same strategies. Remember that you listen to the exam recordings only once. This is why you need to predict possible answers. How can you do it? Use your knowledge of English. And what do I mean by your knowledge of English? In fact, I mean your grammar. Yes, you will see how you can use your knowledge of English to predict answers. So take this as an example. This example comes from IELTS book 10, listening test 3. Again, let me repeat that one more time. IELTS book 10, listening test 3. You can either find this test on the internet or just head to my website www oaoe.co.uk forward slash my podcast and just grab my free resource IELTS strategies for scoring band 7 So once you have it, you need to remember that you can insert one word only. For example, there's question 26, which says, John needs help preparing for his, and there is the gap, and the gap is preceded by the pronoun his, which means that the only possible word you can insert in the gap is a noun. The gaps in questions 27, 29, and 30 are preceded by definite and indefinite articles, which means that, again, the gap can be filled with a countable noun only. Of course, a singular countable noun. Unlike question 28, where you can put in the gap an uncountable noun, because you can see there is nothing before good quality. So, as you can see, if you know when we use a, an, or the you will know what to expect from the listening. And this is how you can predict possible answers. So when you listen to the IELTS recordings, you are just in fact checking your predictions. That's one strategy. So let's move on to the reading strategies. It's very similar to the listening ones Again, you'll have to predict some answers, but in fact, here we want to look into your knowledge of lexis. In other words, your knowledge of vocabulary. So, vocabulary is really important for IELTS candidates. So, again, we are going to look into IELTS book 10. This time, it's reading test 3. And the question 29 says... Which physical feature possessed by their ancestors do whales lack? I know it sounds to you quite abstract, this question, especially if you haven't read the whole article. But what I would like to focus in here are the strategies. So we've got a question and we want to look at the keywords. words. Words? which we can see in the question, and then in the lines in the text. In fact, the answer is in the lines from 29 to 38. So the following lines go as follows. Whales with their close cousins, the manatees, ceased to be land creatures altogether and reverted to the full marine habits of their remote ancestors. They do not even come ashore to breed. They do, however, still breathe air, having never developed anything equivalent to the gills of their earlier marine incarnation. So let me repeat the question. The question was, which physical feature possessed by their ancestors do whales lack? So how should you approach this question? You need to apply the following steps. Step number one, which word class do you need to answer? So word class, is it a noun, a verb, an adjective or an adverb? Which one do you think you will need for the answer? Step two, can you find a synonym for the word From the question. The question is ancestors. And step three, what does the pronoun they in they do not even come ashore to breed refer to? So, again, what we are looking at is word class, then the synonyms and the reference words. So, again, as you can see, there's a lot of things which can help you understand the question and give the answer, find the answer. So again, I'm going to ask you to refer to the guide I've got for you on my website and do not hesitate to send me an email and ask questions. So we've discussed reading and uh, listening strategies. So now let's look into speaking and writing. So there are three parts in the speaking test, and each of them can pose some difficulties. Definitely, speaking fluently and with no a little hesitation can help you a lot and bring you many points, but fluency is only a small part of the speaking assessment. The most common trap that IELTS candidates fall in is the simplicity of their answers. One of the most common part one questions is about hobbies. So when an IELTS candidate hears what's your hobby, the answer starts with, for example, I like swimming, but this answer cannot give you more than band 5.0. So what can you do instead? For example, you can add emphasis. Just by saying, I do like swimming, you can already increase your chances for a higher score. Speaking part two can be more challenging because it doesn't take much time to answer the questions given on the card. In fact, it can take you about 30 seconds to cover all the points that you are given by the examiner. But obviously, if you do it in 30 seconds, you will not get more than band five zero. So my advice is that you need to give as many examples as possible. And it's a good idea to tell a story. This way, meaning by giving examples and telling stories, you'll definitely speak for two minutes. And as a result, you'll be able to develop your answer in a comprehensive way. So part three is the most difficult because it deals with abstract concepts and teenagers who are often IELTS candidates Do not have enough life experience to expand on part three. This is why it is important to follow current affairs and global issues, either in press or on TV or on social media channels, so that you can broaden your horizons and engage in a more difficult conversation. Now it's time for my most favourite IELTS part, which is writing. As you know, there are two writing parts. Task 1 is a description and analysis of visual data, which cannot be shorter than 150 words, and you can only spend about 20 minutes on it. Part 2, which is an essay, takes the rest of your time, 40 minutes, and cannot be shorter than 250 words. This means that there's not much time for thinking about those tasks. You simply need to read the question and pretty much start writing. But how can you do it? If you remember episode two, the title is why academic writing is a process and what does it mean? So if you remember this episode, and if you don't, please go and listen to it later. Any exam writing is a product writing. So the way you approach it is that you need to analyze as many model answers as possible so that you're familiar with the structure. The only thing that you change is the ideas. Let me give you an example. So let's look into writing task 1. Imagine that you need to compare two pie charts. Again, the example comes from IELTS book 10, test 1, writing task 1. First of all, when the IELTS candidate lose points for poor paraphrasing skills, the ability to paraphrase the tasks itself is what can save you a lot of stress and what's more important bring you more points. So, let's start with paraphrasing skills. So, the question is, the first chart below shows how energy is used in an average Australian household. The second chart shows the greenhouse gas emissions, which results from this energy use. Summarize the information by selecting and reporting the main features and make comparisons where relevant. The question is now where to start. I suggest that you first analyze the keywords that you can never change, and then think how you can change other words. So let me repeat the task again. The first chart below shows how energy is used in an average Australian household. The second chart shows the greenhouse gas emissions, which results from this energy use. Summarize the information by selecting and reporting the main features and make comparisons where relevant. So the keywords that we are not going to change are first energy greenhouse gas emissions. So as you can see, in fact, not too many. As for Australia, what we are going to use we are going to simply change Australia for, we're going to change it from Australian to Australia because in the task they've used an adjective, so we're going to use a noun. So the rest of the task needs to be paraphrased. My suggestion is as follows. The first diagram presents the percentage of energy use by different household appliances and compares that with the amount of greenhouse gas emissions released by the use of those appliances in Australia. So as you can see, I've paraphrased the whole task and I'm sure that I'm not gonna lose any points for poor paraphrasing skills. But the rest of the task, if you remember, follows any description of a visual data task. So you use the same vocabulary like increase, decrease, percentages, proportions, and you just change that with different numbers, and the numbers are given in the diagram. So in fact, 20 minutes is enough for answering writing task 1, as long as, as you've got the right exam strategies. So as you can see, there are a lot of strategies that you can use to improve your IELTS score. Today, I only mentioned a couple of them that I believe are where you should start your IELTS preparation. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it valuable. Thanks for hanging out with me. And if you have a friend who will benefit from this episode, share it with them. I would be so very grateful. And as usual, please go to my website www.oaoe.co.uk where you can find more free resources and grab this free guide with the examples and strategies I was talking about in this episode. All right, my friend, I'll speak to you soon, same time, same place. Can't wait.